Good morning, good evening, namaste, hola, bonjour, and marapan. This is Namya Joshi, your host for the day. Welcome to episode 47 of the podcast, Each One, Teach Ten, An Amazing World of STEM. An inspiring venture where we'll be discussing that STEM is part of every day for every kid. We all will learn together how to build a STEM culture. Following 23 years teaching primary, secondary and higher education, Dr. Tim Kitchen has been Adobe's Senior Education Specialist for Asia-Pacific since 2013. He regularly liaises with schools and universities, focusing on enhancing creativity in education. He also manages the Adobe Education Leadership and active use programs throughout Australasia and helps lead the Adobe Education Exchange, which now has over 1 million members. A passionate advocate for creativity in education and a well-organized education thought leader in Australia. Tim is a regular presenter for a wide range of national and international education events. It is my honor to have you here, Mr. Tim. So how have you been? Oh, Namia, it's actually my honour to be on your podcast. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Hey, now, you've mentioned a number of greetings at the start. You said namaste, you said hola, you said quite a few. You didn't mention the Australian greeting. Can I teach you the Australian greeting? Sure, I'd love to learn that. All right, here it is. You ready? G'day, mate. How are you going? Can you say that? Can you come again, please? G'day, mate. How are you going? G'day, mate. How are you going? That's good. Well done, Namia. You're very, very, you picked that up. Look, you can do a shorter version. Just say, g'day. G'day. <laughs> well done. Thank you. And I'll surely add that in my intro from now. I think you should, yeah. <laughs> yes, I would. Thank you so much for suggesting that. Right. So before we start, we'd love to know um, more about you and what have you been doing uh, right now and what are some of the upcoming projects for, that are there for you? Well, thank you, uh, Namia. Look, I, I've had a very, very exciting week. Just last week, we finished our APAC Adobe Education Summit, which is one of the largest events that I run each year. And of course, over the last couple of years, because of COVID, we've had to do it all virtually. But finally, after away from three years ago, it was 2019 when we last were able to have a face-to-face -face event. And so I had 20 presenters from all over Australia who are all teachers in the Adobe Education Leaders Program. And they all flew into Sydney. Some of them were already in Sydney. And we accommodated them all at the Sofretel Hotel in the Darling Harbour, which was just beautiful. And then we presented out to, get this, over four and a half thousand teachers who were interacting with our virtual summit, which was just amazing. And we had a wonderful week. And we had one of Australia's leading researchers in creativity and innovation in education, Dr. Tim Patston. He's from Monash University, and he was our keynote speaker. And he was so terrific. It was great to get some of the really up-to-date research into the importance of creativity in education from him. And then all my other presenters ran workshops and classroom success stories and creative catalyst talks. It was an inspiring two days of great 
conferencing and I'm a little bit exhausted now after a big week. That sounds so good regarding the uh, APEC Adobe Education Summit. Like I checked out your website as well and in that you had mentioned, so I read all about it and it sounded really interesting. And I read through also the, some, some of the guests, the, like John Barry, who's been there. And also, I guess there was Ben Forta. So all of them like, sounded really interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, all of those presenters would be great on your podcast, Namya. They would be wonderful presenters at some point. Thank you so much for suggesting that. I'll surely get in touch with them. So my first question to you is, what according to you are infographics and why do you think infographics matter in the classroom? I think infographics are very important just to make sure we all understand what they are. We, we see them all the time. We may not realize exactly what they are, but they're, they're like quick reference guides or visual representations of data and information and knowledge. Even when we go driving, I know you're probably not driving yet, Neymar, but when you are driving and even when you're a passenger, you notice signs all the time on the roads. They're infographics. They're giving you little bits of information in a visual way so you can understand things that are really important, like to make sure you stop at a stop sign, to make sure that you give way at a give way sign. Now, when we turn that into an education context to encourage students and teachers to present content, curriculum content, or present their learnings in a creative, visual way, that is so helpful on so many different levels, especially for those of us who are visual learners. And most of us are visual learners in some capacity, if not a major capacity. And so when we see visual representations of data and information and knowledge, we can come up with different types of trends that we can see within the data. We can understand the data a little bit better and turn that data into information and therefore into knowledge. So infographics are a really important part of the education process. That sounds so significant that you're mentioning uh, infographics as reference guides that can give us information in visual form. I totally agree that many of us are visual learners uh, because like I've seen my fellow friends as well in my class that they don't like always studying through the books. And that's how like our teachers have been using visual data or Minecraft uh, and many other tools that like Adobe itself uh, for coming up with visual concepts or whatever we're studying in the classroom. And I believe, like, I agree with you that it will help students in organizing information in a logical way as well. And it, I think it can help meet the literacy standards as well. And they can help us uh, to get our research uh, in a better way and gives us a lot of trustworthy sources of information. So uh, I guess if classes use them, they are getting benefited to the utmost level. Absolutely. Right. So my next question to you is how can educators utilize infographics to both their in, uh, interest as students as well provide content in the classroom? Yeah, infographics can be a fun way and an engaging way to, to summarize a unit of work or to share what has been learned and, and even to reflect on the learning process. So 
when you're a teacher and you're encouraging students to create an infographic as a summary of what they've been learning, it's a fun thing to do. And if you've got some tools like the Adobe tools, we'll talk about some of those in a minute, but it doesn't really matter what tool you use, you're engaging yourself in a, in a kinesthetic way. You're actually creating something. And as, as we know, there are various uh, ways of learning and, and visual learning is one thing, kinesthetic learning is another thing. So you're actually building something. And when you're building and creating a visual representation of your learning, not only are you learning it in a deeper way, but you're having fun at the same time. You're engaged in the learning process. It's much more effective than just sitting there listening to a teacher do a lot of talking and then making the assumption that the students are learning. And that's where infographics are a lot of fun. I agree that it can, that, and that's really persuading that with, um, you know, infographics, we can reflect, get summary of the learning, create something. And it's not just like you mentioned that the teacher is speaking and she doesn't know if we're getting it or not. Through infographics, we ourselves can get that motivation that, yes, we have learned and we know the concept. And now we are confident that we can answer the questions because we have self-evaluated ourselves through an infographic. That, and I think that um, that's a really great idea for the classroom, which haven't been utilizing it as of now. Yeah, that's true. And even if you're preparing for a test or for an exam, to be creating infographics, it just helps you in the memory process. And so you can recall that data when you need to on the test and on the exam. I often think of the work of Benjamin Bloom back in the 1950s, and he came up with a taxonomy called Bloom's Taxonomy. And at the very base level of the taxonomy or of the ladder of learning is remembering facts and figures for a test and exam. And unfortunately, with a lot of teachers and a lot of the education system, we're stuck down there at the bottom. And yet the very top of the taxonomy, the very top of the ladder is the creative process and to encourage creativity where you're turning that, those facts and figures into knowledge and you're creating something from that. And the process of creating or constructing learning is so important and very much directly connects to the work of the wonderful Professor Seymour Papert from the 60s and 70s and 80s. And he was instrumental in creating the constructionist learning theory, where the more you make, the better you learn. And it's, it's, it's driven lots of um, pedagogy approaches over the years, such as the problem-based learning approach and the maker movement, and encouraging all of those making to learn approaches to learning have been really fundamental in the teaching and learning process over the last 30 years. Right, I cannot agree more uh, that creating and constructing learning is very important. And like, like you've mentioned of infographics for exams, um, like our teachers always make us do this thing that they give us this concept, whichever is there. For example, let me take a topic, let's say motion in one dimension in physics. And then she asks us like just for the exams to make an entire like summary or whatever you've learned in the chapter. And then uh, it's not like as a you know test before the exam, but just a way to self-evaluate that yes, you know it. And now there's nothing to be scared because like people always get uh, the anxiety thing before the exam. But then when teachers make us do these activities, it's fun 
and in the same time it's like yes we know the concept and we're ready to give the exam yeah so true as you're not wasting time when you do that some some people say no i've i've just got to keep teaching and teaching and talking and talking to my students until they understand well that's not really effective you've got to let your students construct their learning and work it out for themselves and that'll be a much deeper process and also when we're teaching we're not just preparing students for a test or for an exam we're preparing them for life we need to be encouraging students to be thinking about creativity to 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 be able to collaborate and work with other people to be able to problem solve and these are all life skills that as educators we really need to encourage in our students in every assessment task that we provide them and think way beyond just the next test or even the end of year exams or even the end of school exams but think of how we're preparing these students for the wider world right and listening from uh, about the you know world skills that reminds me of the four Cs and especially the four Cs in stem so according to you why are they important and how is adobe facilitating for the same do you know when i started teaching back in 1991 back in the olden days what i was encouraged was that not the four c's but the three r's and you are there to teach reading writing and arithmetic and and that was such an important part of the education process back then and when i was a student that was still very much the case and if we weren't in focusing on reading writing and arithmetic then we were kind of just wasting our time according to the education system back in those days but these days we've kind of replaced the three r's with the four c's so critical thinking communication collaboration and probably most importantly creativity are the four c's and it's not to say the three r's aren't important they fit into the communication which is the second of the four c's and so that reading writing and arithmetic is still there but it's part of teaching general communication skills right from an early age so when you look at critical thinking it's about looking at a problem with a critical eye it's about taking on a, a wide set of views and coming up with lots of alternative solutions to a problem and not just accepting what you first hear as the solution and that's a really important part of teaching critical thinking and a, and a vital part of education these days when you think of communication well it's about the three r's it is about reading writing and arithmetic they are still very very important they're all forms of vital communication the ability to share and exchange thoughts and ideas in various ways and using technology is a really important part of the communication process but also in non-technological ways body language and how you approach people and how you look at them in the eye and and all of that are really important parts of communication collaboration the third c working as a team to achieve a goal making the most of each other's talents and their expertise and knowledge if we work as a team we are able to solve problems in a much more efficient way in fact i've just been watching on netflix the um the thai rescue of the boys who were stuck in the cave uh, i've forgotten the name of the of the, the documentary so it's actually a um a reenactment of what happened and i i'm just so impressed with the collaboration that was happening between the thai government the united states air force 
the Australians who were involved in the process, people from Europe who were involved, people from all over the world who were trying to save the lives of these boys, all using each other's expertise and becoming successful at the end, as we know, fortunately. And that's a great example of collaboration. It's also a great example of critical thinking because they had to come up with so many different solutions to the problem of how to save these boys. It's also a great example of communication because they were working in multiple languages and they had to communicate at various levels with people from all different parts of government and military and, and science. And it's a fascinating case study. And of course, creativity, the fourth C, the process of coming up with new ideas and new approaches that have value. And creativity has been in the top five most important skills, according to the World Economic Forum, for about almost 30 years now when they do their research into what are the most important skills to thrive in the future. Creativity is always up there. So is collaboration. So is critical thinking. And so is problem solving. So those four C's are, are, are fundamental. But when we think of creativity, often people think that you're either creative or you're not. And that's hard because some people say, well, I'm not a creative person. Therefore, creativity is not important to me. Some of the work of, of um, Dr. James Kaufman from the University of Connecticut is, is fascinating because he's been breaking creativity into four different C's. So we've got the four C's of, of STEM, but we've also got the four C's of creativity. And the first C is mini C creatives. And they're like little children who are just playing. Uh, they're preschoolers. And it's such an important part of the, the human development process. That, that creativity is just natural to them. They're constantly being creative because they're learning so much. They're little sponges. That's mini C creatives. Then there's little C creatives. And they're, they're the people that we work with in schools who are not mini Cs, but they are learning to be creative in their own ways and learning to, to do things and create things that are new to them but important and valuable to their context. Then you've got pro-C creatives, and that's like teachers. It's like um, uh, doctors and lawyers and musicians, people who are professionally creative, and, and they have to be, to do their job well, they have to be creative to be really effective in what they do. And when it boils down to it, the education process in primary and secondary and higher ed is all based around little c and pro c creatives because we do have a fourth c and that is big c creatives but not many people reach that to judge a big c creative you kind of have to be dead for 50 years and still be remembered so so the picassos of the world it's the um um uh, I was going to say John Lennon, I suppose in, in 50 years, when, when 50 years comes from his death, we'll still be remembering his work. It's, it's um, even Steve Jobs. I know he hasn't been dead for 50 years, but he'll be remembered in the future. It's Mozart. It's people who, who will always be remembered in the future. So we're not looking at big C creatives. And some people get confused that creativity is just about the big C. It's not. Creativity is about little c and it's about pro c and everybody has the ability to be a little c or a pro c creative. 
I agree. That's really inclining. And I loved when you talked about the 1991, about the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, and then talking about the four C's that are really connected to the three R's. And I totally agree with that. Like you mentioned about communication, that is totally about the three R's, where we share our thoughts, collaboration, where think teamwork is dream work. Critical thinking, where we have to think through a problem many times and then get the solution. It's not like I saw the problem once and okay, now this is the solution. We need to get more solutions so that we can get creative with new ideas that have value. And I agree that we need to be creative because like you mentioned, it being the fifth skill on the World Economic Forum that is most important. So these days, like everybody needs to have this skill implemented in them since the early age so that they can grow as a creative person that can help them uh, in getting better organizing skills, strategizing and help the children to get self-regulation that helps to work with their memory, cognitive flexibility and many other things. And I totally agree with the part as well when you said that they're all very connected, like you mentioned about critical thinking and creativity. So I believe that all these four C's are not just mere words. They're like just one entire word, just separated into four words. That is doing one job. Like if you're able to do communication, we're doing collaboration with critical thinking and creativity. Oh, absolutely. They link together so well. And some people uh, think I'm not a creative person because I'm into science, I'm into maths. Well, science and maths is all about problem solving. And creativity is the process of, of solving problems. It's a process of creating something new that has value within your context. And that's that's why it's so important. I mean, w- when we look at the world we've been living through, through COVID over the last few years, if it wasn't for some very creative scientists who were able to create those vaccines that have literally saved our planet, where would we be today? And yet they're scientists. They may not see themselves as being creative as such, but they are. And they've created these vaccines that have saved the world. So creativity is not just about the arts. It's not just about music and it's not just about digital digital art and uh, making movies and films. Those creative people, some of them will be big C creatives in the future, maybe. But it's about every aspect of life. Of course, there is one aspect of life that we don't encourage creativity and that's in accounting. We don't want too many creative accountants just putting it out there. <laughs> yes, I agree with that point. So I have this fun question for you. Which is your favorite season? My favorite C out of the um, STEM Cs or the... the I see pre- uh, it's season, like uh, summer. Oh, season. Sorry. Oh, gosh. I no love problem. all seasons. Every season to me has uh, something positive to to enjoy. Whether it's winter, uh, in winter I love wearing um, I love wearing warm clothes. I love wearing my coat that I only wear in winter. Uh, I love dressing up and, and going out in winter and enjoying the the freshness of the air. In springtime, I just love the fact that the flowers 
and the, the bees are buzzing and the birds are chirping and we can get out more in summer. I love the fact that we can go out to the beach and enjoy the sunshine and play cricket. I play lots of cricket and I love cricket. I know you're from India and so you'd appreciate cricket as much as I do in Australia. And the, every season has its own benefits. And in autumn, it's just a beautiful time to be in the garden as well. So look, I love all seasons. That sounds interesting to me that you're enjoying the benefits of all the seasons. And I would agree with you because every season has its own like good thing about and the uh, like summer is giving us like a, a chance to eat ice cream. That's my, that's my favorite thing. And in winters, like we can play in the snow and uh, in spring, we can see beautiful leaves uh, in beautiful flowers. And uh, in winter, uh, in autumn, we can see them shedding like when you're doing a, evening walk so that's uh, that is that's really soothing and i agree, agree with the point that i love all the seasons <laughs> me too right so um, i'd like to ask you that how educators and students can benefit from this library of resources provided by adobe and on adobe certifications yeah so look because i work at adobe i know a lot about what we have to offer and just last december we introduced a new set of applications that we've allowed every school in the world to have for free. And that's every K-12 school can have this for free. And it's called Adobe Express. And you can, you can find it through express.adobe.com. Now, to get it for free and to get it um, working in your, in your schools, your school IT admin do need to set up all the students into what's called the Adobe Admin Console. And that way, all the personal information stays within the school and it's not shared out to Google or to Facebook or to Apple or to, to, to Adobe. And that's a really important thing for school IT admins to take note of because there's such a benefit in being involved in Adobe Express. What Adobe Express is, it's, it's a way of creating infographics. It's a way of creating posters. It's a way of creating flyers. It's a way of creating short video stories. It's also a way of creating web pages, all browser-based and also app-based if you're using iOS and in some cases in Android as well. So it's a, it's a one-stop shop for creative communication. And I encourage every student and every teacher to explore Adobe Express because it doesn't cost anything. Adobe is so well known for its professional tools, its professional digital creativity tools. And if you're lucky enough, your school might even have access to our professional tools like Photoshop, like InDesign, like Premiere Pro, like um, Illustrator and and um, a number of other our products. Adobe XD, for instance, is a design thinking tool. But all of those tools are not free and they're very expensive and they're not necessarily accessible to all schools, which is why we created Adobe Express, because we wanted it to be accessible. We used to call it Adobe Spark, but we've made it so much better these days, and now we've renamed it as Adobe Express. It also has collaboration features, so you can work with a team of people to create your infographics, your posters, your flyers, your videos, and your, your web pages. And it links to millions and millions of royalty-free images royalty-free shapes and graphics and design assets that you can use when you're creating your infographics and your posters and your flyers. 
all totally for free. And great linking to what's called Adobe Stock, which is millions and millions of images that you can use that are publishable, that are royalty free, much better than going to Google Images because most images within the Google Images framework are actually copyrighted. So you can't publish that, that material, but you can publish through the Adobe Stock resources. And just recently, we've been adding these quick actions within Adobe Express, quick actions to remove backgrounds of an image or to resize an image or to trim a video or to do some editing of a PDF document. And these things you can do all within Adobe Express without needing to have the professional tools like Photoshop, like Premiere Pro, like Acrobat to do those things. You can do it within Adobe Express. So that's Express adobe.com and I wanted to share one other resource with you that'll help you learn Adobe Express. It's something that I've been building over the last or since December since we launched Adobe Express and you'll find that at adobe.ly slash forward slash express and then hyphen APAC and that's adobe.ly forward slash express hyphen APAC. APAC. If you look that up, I have a whole set of tutorials that I've been building and creating uh, with some of my team to help teach people how to use Adobe Express. And I've catered them for students and for teachers in K-12, knowing that all of these products are totally free of charge for all K-12 schools. So I encourage everyone to look up Adobe Express. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, tech Honestly speaking, I love Adobe Express because I've been using it for a long time since it was Adobe Spark. And uh, like what I love about it is exactly the web page because like you mentioned about like Google Photos, they have the copyright. Like when we are done making the Adobe web page, at the uh, bottom, it automatically adds the credit to who this image is, is of. And then we don't have to worry about the copyright at any way. And like even our school has provided us the accounts. Like literally every student has been using it uh, so passionately that like everybody almost uses like it for making images or for making videos that they too love using Adobe Express. And also, like my podcast, Creative Thumbnail, I have made that using Adobe Spark. Uh, and then also we've been using it for flip teaching in our school, like in environmental applications. There was this topic, caring for our water. So uh, our teacher told us that go ahead, make something in it, and you have to come and teach the topic to me. So that is like an activity that almost all schools have been doing for a long time. So I used Adobe Express web page to make one. And then uh, like I used how we, I, you, I, I, I add some of the images there, some of the content and some of the Flipgrid videos, uh, flip videos and many other things. So it can be used to add anything that you want in a web page that looks like a website, but has no coding involved in it. And like when you mentioned Adobe XD, like I've been using it for a long time especially like I'm coming up with my startup. So I used uh, Adobe XD to make the prototypes and it has been very beneficial. And like, I literally love using all Adobe tools because they're very, uh, I think I'd say inclusive and also easy to understand and use. And I'll surely add Adobe Express link in the chat. Also the one that you mentioned to get to know about how to use Adobe Express. 
so that our viewers can uh, go check it out. Oh, that's wonderful. Namia, and I'm really pleased to hear that you've discovered Adobe Express and you've got a fair knowledge there of a number of our tools, which is wonderful. It's, it's so good to hear. And uh, I, I'd like to see some of that work too, Namia, if you wouldn't mind emailing me some of your best work through Adobe Express, because I always like yeah. showing teachers and students what other students and teachers are, are doing. Sure, that'll be a great opportunity for me. I'll surely do that. So at the end, I would like to ask you that where can we find you online so that our audience can connect with you, as well as we would love to have a message from you for the audience. Yeah, so uh, the most important thing is that I've given you some resources there and that um, adobe.ly slash express dash APAC resource is a great one to look at for teachers and students to learn more about Adobe Express. But for teachers who are listening to this, um, I, I was listening back to, I think it was episode 40 of your podcast series where you had Claudia. Uh, I'm not sure if it was, if it was episode 40, but it was Claudia. And uh, he's also from Adobe. He's one of my colleagues. And uh, he mentioned the Adobe Creative Educator Program uh, when, when he was on your podcast. And that's such a really good program for teachers. It's multi-leveled. At level one, I think every teacher should do level one. And you can find the Adobe Creative Educator Program through adobe.ly slash A-C-E, adobe.ly forward slash A-C-E. And it's a program that we've been collaborating with about 15 professors, associate professors, PhDs, and other experts in the area of creativity in education. It's not about Adobe. It's about creativity and the importance of creativity in education. And that's why I think every teacher should do at least level one. And then if you really want to, you can go up to level two, where it gets a little bit more focused on Adobe tools and how Adobe tools can help you enhance your creativity in your classrooms. But I encourage every teacher and even pre-service teachers, student teachers, to learn more about the importance of creativity in education through the Adobe Creative Educator Program. And I might just advertise my newsletter. I do a newsletter once a month. And it's um, if you if you want to join, if you're a teacher and you want to join my newsletter and get an email reminder of, of the newsletter, you can join via adobe.ly forward slash contact dash edu dash APAC. So that's adobe.ly forward slash contact dash edu dash APAC. And that'll get you onto my my newsletter monthly email list. And finally, Namya, I also have a YouTube show and I record this YouTube show for teachers all over the Asia Pacific region. It's called Inject Creativity Live and it's on the Adobe for Education YouTube channel. But if you want to find out more about my YouTube show, you can look up adobe.ly slash inject creativity live. That's adobe.ly forward slash inject creativity live all one word and that's they're the main resources i'd love to share and if you are a teacher in the asia pacific region i'd love you to join our community we now have well over a million teachers who are part of the adobe education exchange and that's probably a good way to, to finish the conversation because the adobe education exchange with over a million teachers is the main way that we are communicating with teachers around the world. And the Adobe Education Exchange, it's edX, E-D-E-X, 
www.adobe.com. edX, E-D-E-X, .adobe.com. And I encourage all teachers to have a look at the value of what's in the Adobe Education Exchange. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'll make sure I add all of these links in the description box so that the viewers can go check it out. And listening to you today um, has just reminded me of the thought that it is the supreme art of the teacher to awaken joy in creative expression and knowledge. And that's a quote by Albert Einstein. And it's been so great to have you here today, Mr. Tim. It was such a lovely opportunity to learn from you. And I'm sure the audience as well has learned a lot. So thank you so much for being on my podcast and sharing your insights with us today. Namia, the honor is mine and I thank you and I encourage you in the work that you're doing and inspiring students and teachers to be creative and focusing on STEM. It's such an important area in our, for our future and keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Mr. Tim. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining us and listening to this episode. And I'll see you in the next one. Till then, each one, teach 10. Have a nice day.